We want to show the real side of small business, the true small business life. There are a lot of misconceptions about small business and we want to give you a glimpse into the real life of a small business owner. The highs, the lows, the failures, the successes, the full small business life story so that you too can know that you are not alone on your small business journey and so that you can see the journey that many other small business owners have taken themselves. Remember to like, share, and comment so that many others can share in the small business life story. Hello, Preston. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? Dude, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing? Oh, absolutely. I'm doing well. Thank you. 2020 kind of continued into 2021, but we're still here, still standing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if it wasn't the weird 2020 year, getting that historic storm here in Texas, 2021, it's just like ugh, one thing after another. But hopefully it was almost the one-year mark to the COVID shutdowns here in Texas to the day. So I'm hopeful that's kind of like the chapter of 2020 closing. I hope so. And also, I know that, I mean, there were some storms uh, in our part of town last night. Uh, did you all get much of anything? A little bit. So I lost power for maybe 10 minutes. Uh, but there are parts of the, this area in the Rockwell area where it was people were without power until 2.30 p.m. Um, I know that there were a couple of governmental buildings having a little bit of an issue. Internet was down some places. That was another that kind of came out of nowhere. But we are in storm season yeah. officially. Exactly. No, I completely slept through it. I had no idea that storms even happened until I was in a networking thing this morning. And one of the guys in it uh, has a boat on Lake Ray Hubbard. And he was saying that uh, the marina there got hit hard and a bunch of the docks were destroyed. I saw a couple of pictures of that. That looked bad. Yeah. Hopefully it turns a corner. They're able to get it cleaned up and no, not too much damage. Hopefully so. Time will tell. Time will tell. So please, you and I have had a chance to get to know each other a little bit. But for those listening who do not know you, who is Preston? Yeah, so uh, I'm Preston Weatherington. I've grown up, born and raised in the Dallas area. Uh, my background personally is in video production. Uh, I uh, had a camera in my hand as early as 13 years old. I uh, got super involved in my church and uh, started helping out with services and then started editing some videos. And my passion really began to kind of build from that. And from there, I was able to, I was getting let me back up. I was getting calls from people that I knew that were either needing wedding filmed or they had a business and they were needing a promo video. So uh, calls were kind of coming in. So I was, I decided to make a business out of it. So I created Nifty 50 films. Uh, and then as I was, as I was going through it, as I was building it, um, what I came across a lot was that a lot of businesses, they knew they needed video, but they had absolutely no idea how to use it. Yeah, for sure. I think that's something we still see today at a massive level. Exactly. And we could probably touch on that in a little bit as we talk about how COVID has impacted everything. But um, I began kind of consulting uh, the businesses that I'm working with and giving them advice on the ideal times to post their videos, uh, giving, helping them out with a little bit of strategy. And uh, back in 2019, I brought on my current business partner, Will Rains. Uh, who is an expert in the content marketing space. And uh, we were able to officially rebrand uh, in January 2020, uh, which is now known as Nifty 50 Solutions. Uh, with all that being said, we are a full service digital marketing agency. Uh, we provide services uh, ranging from social media management, digital advertising. We create websites and uh, optimize them so that way they can be uh, ranked organically on Google. And at the heart of it, we still do tons of video production. That's that's where my heart is. That's where my passion is. And I, mm -hmm. I love doing it. Uh, so we've been able to uh, serve businesses all over the country uh, by helping increase their digital footprint. And, you know, our, our slogan, we, we say that we build businesses through building brands. And that's something that we're that we take near and dear to heart. Well, that was actually something that I wanted to ask you because you mentioned that you rebranded that's pretty early on to re be rebranding. So the question that I've got kind of is, as you go through that rebranding process, what are kind of those triggers that you saw or that that specific area where it's like, we need to change this to align more with this? What was that process like? You know, really a lot of what it was is that um, digital marketing was something that I've, that I've kind of envisioned Nifty 50 to be. Uh, pretty early on. Uh, but for myself, I 
I needed to improve my skill set a little bit more uh, before I felt comfortable with bringing on clients that would need those additional services and bringing on my uh, bringing on will uh, definitely helped elevate that uh, and be able to do that a little bit quicker. Uh, and really it's uh, the big vision is uh that there are so many businesses out there, uh, a lot of businesses that you serve that don't necessarily have the the bandwidth to have a full-fledged marketing department. So right. we're able to come alongside them and be that marketing department for them. Well, I think that's one of the really efficient ways a small business can go about handling issues like that. I mean, it's the same reason there are a number of businesses that need the the knowledge and the insights of a, of a true CFO but the, the average small business with fewer than 20 employees doesn't have the, the funding for that. It's just one of those exactly. things, hey, I've got to keep the lights on. i got to be able to buy my product in advance you know, then convert it into something that I can actually sell. And so, yeah, when you're talking almost like a fractional CMO type of thing, it, the business economy is becoming much more complex and intricate day by day. It's not as simple as it was back in the day. I'm going to open up a store. Foot traffic is going to be enough, and I'll be you know rocking and rolling within three weeks. A little bit of a longer process today, and when you talk about you know video marketing, that that in and of itself was a little bit of a science because there are video limits for different platforms. Audiences respond differently based upon those platforms. It's it's a it's a different ballgame. Exactly, and you know, really, I saw a lot of a lot of my clients. Uh, they they wanted to use these videos to run ads, but they didn't know they didn't know who their audience was. Well, they knew who their audience was, but they didn't know how to reach that audience. Correct. So we were able to come in and help establish and create those audiences. That way they can have the max, the, uh, the maximum reach. Well, that's half the battle in business. It's not only do you have to do what you do better than anyone else, for lack of a better you know, analogy, but then you also have to know who it is you're serving specifically, not just anyone that does blah, blah, blah. You got to know it down. As a marketing joke, you got to know them down to their shoelaces. Exactly. You have to know them very, very well because then you know where they are and you know the right times to reach them when they're going to be paying attention, when they're willing to engage. I mean, otherwise it's, uh, it's going to be a mute point. Exactly. No, you're, you're spot on with that. And if you don't, if, if you can't reach your audience, you're not going to grow. It, amen to that. It defeats the whole purpose. And that's also... From a growth perspective, acquiring a customer is one thing, but remember, you can use video to engage an existing customer. And that's part of that whole customer journey map. You have them converting them from, I've never heard of you, what are you, to, oh, that's actually pretty cool. I'm, let me, I'll follow you on social media. To, this is interesting. Let me check the website to see what the actual value is. Then you have the, all right, I'll give it a shot. And then you've got the follow-up sequence where it's, all right, I'm gonna, I got to keep doing business with this company because they're so good at X, Y, Z. That's where video, again, knowing the audience, knowing what they respond to, when they respond to it. There's a lot of data that goes into that. It's not just shooting from the hip. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll, I'll tack on to that. And, you know, whenever you're trying to, whenever you come across a new business, what's the first thing you do? You look at their reviews. Yep, and exactly. So if they have 4.5 stars and hundreds of, of reviews, that's good. That's good enough to get you through the door. Uh, Video testimonies are really such a massively effective tool. If people are comfortable enough to go on camera and give praise about how their product or service has affected them in a positive manner, that's going to go so much farther and will help establish that trust that much more. And again, to your point, that also goes to knowing your target audience because are you talking a five second, I love XYZ because of blah, blah, blah? Or is this, let me give you know, a five minute here, which is funny in video terms. It's technically a long video. I think if I yeah. know this correctly, yeah. um, do you want the five minute explanation? You want the 30 minute seminar, the hour long webinar, or you can go on and on. But again, if you don't know the audience, you don't know how to engage with them. And that's the beauty of being able to produce multiple forms of content from one specific thing and creating bits of micro content out of it. So you can take that five, 10 minute long testimony and break that down into one minute, 30 seconds to 15 seconds. So that way you can use that same, that same testimony mm -hmm. in every manner that you can possibly do it. So I think there are a lot of people who get that right off the bat. Can you provide an example of that? Just so if someone's listening, they're like, what exactly, what, what does that look like? Can you give an example of what that looks like in practice? Absolutely. So uh, I'll, I'll do a video testimony for ourselves. So there was, uh, there's this uh, company that we work with out in Nashville. They're called the Vigilance Group. And uh, we shot 
some videos that are part of their online training course that they've created. A lot of the content they already had, uh, but they they needed to film the bookends. And we also shot a bunch of promos. So uh, not only were we able to use that content for it for its own promotional for its own promotions, uh, there were five minute videos on each end. Uh, we took that. We took them down to a minute, 30 seconds, and 15 second long promos, along with filming probably about five or six other promos. So we're able to take those long form contents and break it down uh, to provide value for the people that not only joined the course, but the people that are also being introduced to it for the first time. And then there'll be, uh, there'll be some memory from the promo that they saw. Mm-hmm. And in turn, they also, well, they also shot some testimonies for us about how they uh, about how we were helpful to them, and they went on for about four to five minutes. We're able to break that down from the initial five minute video down to a minute and thirty seconds, and that's been massively helpful for us uh, because these people they they believed in us and they trusted us enough to where they've been able to make money off of what we've been able. To of what we've been able to shoot for them and they were able to express their appreciation for us. That's a really good example. Cause I think it also kind of comes back to the point where someone's like, why do I want to outsource this? Why do I just want to do it in house? Well, operationally you probably can, but there's a difference between doing it and doing it well. <laughs> and then also massive time saving. I mean, because how long can a bit your average small business owner spend in making a video or video series like that? First of all, you have the scheduling of the appointment. Then you've got the actual recording. Then you've got editing because you can't just put raw footage out. You need to clean it up a little bit, especially if you want like a nice intro and outro, that type of thing. It takes time. And that's not even getting into the, the cutting up of micro videos, those micro moments, the the sharing it on social media, your new various channels. I mean, not to mention all the planning that goes on between scheduling and shoot date, because <laughs> uh, in order to be able to grab all that all those bits of micro content we plan it meticulously so that way you can get the maximum use of your dollar exactly and that again to your point about micro moments when you have a five minute video and you cut it up into a bunch of 15 different micro moments now you've got how many different videos ready for release even though that all comes from the same source it's knowing how to use it how to leverage it and that's where you look at that that third-party subject matter expert Absolutely. And uh, using someone, a a marketing uh, agency like Nifty 50 Solutions, not only can you have all those bits of micro, uh, all those bits of micro moments, we can also create the strategy of release onto your social media platforms, onto your website, onto YouTube, or however you want to use it. And we'll use social media, for example, Uh, Instagram, they, back in the summer, they released Reels, which is a competition to TikTok. And uh, if you if you optimize it well and you utilize your hashtags well, uh, along with doing a few other things, you can reach ten to fifteen times your uh, follower base within the first hour. Oh wow, ten to fifteen times, dude! I mean, there there is a couple of reels that we've released personally that within the uh, we have about one hundred eighty followers on Instagram. And uh, we have a couple of videos that have well over 2,000 views. That's absolutely insane. I mean, that, again, it defeats the whole, the whole concept of, well, I'll just buy Facebook followers or whatever. Well, yeah, you can, but there are way more efficient things you can do. Exactly. Exactly. Dang, Which I, never, never buy Facebook followers. You want quality, not quantity. <laughs> well, well for sure, especially if you're using it as like a pipeline. Now, if you're using it as, as fluff, it's get expensive. You better have a deep pocket for that. But if you want that true quality follower where they're engaging with your content, possibly becoming a customer, yeah, you need that to be organic. You need that to be reaching the right audience through the right means at the right time. And that's where it's it's an ever-changing platform. I mean, if you count the number of times Facebook has changed their algorithm, let alone Instagram or Twitter, it's like you keeping up with it's a job in and of itself. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And that's, it is so difficult to keep up with it because none of those platforms be like, hey, we changed the algorithm. You have to, fi- you have to find it out for yourself. Yeah, you post uh, that video that's been working and the, the reach like half of what it normally is. And you're like, all right, what'd you do here? Exactly. And really, the whenever you're talking about uh, putting out social media content, uh, we, we've been saying this a lot, is that the majority of 
the majority of your followers don't care about you. Really, they care about the value of the content that you're putting out. So if you if you stop putting out content on a consistent basis, they're going to forget about you and your reach will go down significantly. Well, I think you also brought up an interesting point there, valuable content. I remember the days, you know, 5, 10, 15 years ago even, where it's all about the volume of content you put out. Yes, content's important, but it has to add value. It's just putting out a simple blurb isn't good enough anymore. It needs to have impact. It needs to have meaning. It needs to have value. Then you're on the right track. It's not as simple as just my thoughts for today, my thoughts for the afternoon, my thoughts for the morning. They better be very insightful thoughts. Otherwise, they're not going to get much traction. <laughs> exactly. And it, it all comes down to the strategy. If you know exactly what kind of content you're going to be putting out, the, the kind of value that it's going to bring, then you are going to be so much farther along than the majority of your competitors who have no plan. And that's where it's all about being in that competitive advantage. What are things that you are doing or can do to put yourself in a better position to succeed on a product slash service delivery or in simply getting your prospects slash customers attention? Because that's, again, becoming increasingly more intricate. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I, I think you're spot on with that. So question for you then. Get an idea for what you do. Obviously, you've got a passion for it. What's kind of like the underlying why? And did you always have the dream of being a business owner? Yes, actually, being a business owner has been a dream of mine uh, for about as long as I can remember. Uh, because I've I've always wanted to uh, build out a team and create some amazing stuff. Um, I've I've been able I've had the luxury of working for several businesses to where. I was, I've been able to learn a whole lot and in, in ways that of ways of how to run a business and how not to run a business, uh, which I think, I think goes a really long way. And really the why I think there, I think there's two, there's two angles to this one, uh, on the outward, uh, on the, on the external side of taking care of our clients. I, I can't tell you how many people I've spoken to that have been burned by, someone who claims to be a digital marketing expert, whether it's some, yep. some guy that's this solopreneur who has done a few things, but, and they claim to be the best in the business. They take your money and you, they nowhere even near deliver. But, uh, yeah. So we, we are working to establish trust and we, we call ourselves relational based digital marketing. We want to have that, that deep, personal relationship with our clients that way so that way they know who we are as people and so that way and, and in, in a turn know who they are and be able to help uh, explain who ex explain what they are as a business and do the best we can to market them um, and also on the on the internal side uh, unfortunately company culture is still not something that's valued as much as it should be. So we so true. we also strive to provide a very positive company culture. And although we're small right now, we are a very close knit group of people, uh, and we we seem to work in tandem with each other. So that's that's something that I'm extremely blessed with. And as we grow, that's something I that I aim to keep going going forward. Well, I think that's also you had a really good point there. Just because you're small in number doesn't mean you're low impact. That's a very, very, those are two very, very different things. It's, yes, you might be in you know, a really small business if you're a solopreneur or you don't only, you only have two, three employees, that type of thing. But that doesn't mean you have a low impact. And that doesn't mean your why is any less clear. Absolutely. And that's where it all starts. You got to have that strong foundational, no matter what, nothing is going to stop me from achieving this. I mean, we talk about it all the time. Probably half the people we talk to don't have business plans. Very basic, but you got to have one. It, it, it sets the framework for setting the identity, setting the core, say, hey, this is who we are. This is where we're going. This is what we do. This is why we do it. I mean, I mean you hear all the stuff that we put out. Whenever a small business owner gets into business and they're like, yeah, I want to make more money, so I started my own business. Oh, brace yourself. It's going to be about five years before you really get to no where you kidding. want financially. But it, it, it's when you have this strong vision, that clarity like you, hey, I've got a passion for this. I'm doing it for X, Y, Z because I believe I'm the best. I can deliver the best to my specific audience. I know that they need help. I can meet that need and meet it really, really well. 
all right, now you've got something that you can work with. Now you can build a plan to execute. And it's just one of those things that I'm really passionate about because I see so many people, they're, they're hard workers. They upload in 20 hours a day if that's what it takes. But there's, there's a lack of vision or clarity. And what happens is you get off course and immediately, oh, that's a cool toy. That's a cool tool. That's a great resource. Well, does it move you towards your vision? I never thought about that. Well, it's a good thing to ask. <laughs> no, exactly. And uh, as a business owner, it's really important to bring in people who are better than you. And oh my goodness. Being, and having the the humbleness to to acknowledge that that you're not the best at every at, at every aspect of your business. And just as as a business owner myself, that's something that I've had to that I've had to humble myself with and uh, and show that trust to uh, to my employees and allow them to to work within. Uh, their scope and be the best that they can be because what they do is far better than anything that I could do. Well, that goes to the whole leadership theory stuff. If you're always the best at everything, whenever you walk into a room, you've got a problem because you <laughs> need to be surrounding yourself with people who are better than you. That's the whole point of growth. Because if you're always in a position where you're never challenged, you're never, you're always the best. Number one, you better watch out for that that blind side view where you get might have a little bit of an arrogance streak going. Or number two, if you truly are the best, you got to spread your wings out because then you're not learning. And yes, you always want to pass on what you learn. You want to empower your team, but you want to empower them to the point where they're good enough to do what you do. And that's again, you know, I can go off on a whole you know, leadership theory tangent there. I'll try not to because I, I love talking about it. But <laughs> you, you you got me going when you said empower your team. You absolutely have to do that because when you when you're in a business, it can't be a gig. It cannot be this. It's all on me. I have to do the activity. If it's that, when you step out, then it dies. And that's not a business. That's a craft or operation. And if that's what you want, that's okay. But that's not a business. It's not a system. It's not a process. It's, it'd be impossible to scale at that point. And that's why we all get, most of us get into business. We want to scale it up to a point where, yeah, I can take the family, go for a day trip to the zoo. I can take the family, go on a vacation. I might have to work while I'm there a little bit, but it's not going to die off. It's not like the whole thing shuts down. If the whole thing shuts down when you leave, you, you don't have a business. You don't have a process. You don't have a system. I'll tell you this. So, okay. So you actually brought up a really good point. Uh, whenever I was in the early stages, uh, when we were initially nifty 50 films, it was, it was just me. And uh, well, I, we initially started out with a business partner, but he had already uh, stepped away. He was for, he was focusing on his, on his day job and he didn't have, he didn't have the time. So he, Gave, he gave me the rights to Nifty 50, which I was extremely grateful for. But uh, uh, my wife and I recently got married. We went to Santa Fe uh, as kind of like a delayed honeymoon. And uh, it was really nice to go on the vacation, but I couldn't help but, but think about the business the entire time. And whenever we got to the airport going back, we were both like, that was fun and all, but we also missed out on some days of work and uh, now there's all this stuff to catch up on. And just last month, uh, in contrast, this last month, uh, my wife and I went to Las Vegas for a weekend trip and uh, we had a blast and we didn't even have to think about Nifty the entire time because I had, I now had a team that was able to take care of the stuff while I was gone. And, you know, that's, that's something that really means a whole lot because being able to take those moments and step away and to relax and recharge really makes a huge difference. Oh, for sure. Because as a business owner, it's 24-7. It's not 9 to 5. It's not like, I'm going to go check into the office today and all my problems will be done when I check out. No, no. You, you might not be at the office working, but it's nonstop because the buck stops with you. Ultimately, it's payroll, it's compliance, it's accounting, tax filings, operations, Everything stops with you as the business owner. And yes, it's a beautiful thing. It's amazing. But it is a huge responsibility that that does never stop. I mean, that was one of the things that oh, my folks really ingrained in me at a young age. Like, yes, we're in a blessed position to be able to own a business, but realize it's 24-7. This is not nine to five. I don't get to go check into the office, check out, and have the day be done. In reality, the day's really just getting started. Exactly. And again, exactly. that goes back to having a clear why. Why? Because when you've got that strong passion, that strong why, there's nothing that's going to stop you. And that's awesome. But when it's purely all about the financial reward, money makes 
a great reward, but it's a terrible purpose. You're also going to see a lot more people get weeded out at that point, because if you don't see the immediate financial success of it, they're going to dip out and look for the next hustle. Exactly. And you don't want to be buying from someone like that either. I mean, no. someone that's not really in it for the vision or clarity they're in it to make a buck. Is that someone you really want to be working with? Is that going to make your business better? Nine out of 10 times, it's not more. Probably not. Exactly. Exactly. So next question for you as a small business owner, can you kind of walk us through that process of getting going, building your system, building your set of processes? Because you're growing, you guys are doing well. Can you kind of walk us through that, the process of building the system that you've got? Yeah, no, so that's actually a really great question. And uh, part of it, we're still figuring it out. Uh, so we, like I said, we rebranded in January of last year. We had a huge luxury of COVID happening because uh, we were going the first couple of months, we were bringing on clients, but our operations sucked. <laughs> it was horrible. Uh, so with everything going on pause for a couple of months, we were able to stop and take a look at everything. And, uh, my wife is our chief operations officer and, uh, and helped develop a lot of our processes to, uh, for onboarding clients, uh, creating deadlines that way we're hitting everything in a timely manner and without even needing to worry about having the deadline so early. So that way there, if something is running behind that we can have a couple of days of buffer. Right. So that's, that's been huge for us. And uh, we've also included some project management software. So that way we have everything in one place and yeah. have it really nice and organized. That's been huge for us. Um, and then also being able to, uh, in that project management software, being able to include what uh, when payments are due and help make sure that everything is being paid on time and that everything's being collected on time. Well, I think you also made a really good comment when you said, you know, we're still figuring it out. Every business is, you never, owning a business is a journey, not a destination. You're always going to be working on something. You're never gonna have it to a point where it's 100% perfect. Otherwise, to be honest, you probably wouldn't own the business at that point, you've already sold it because you would have made a ton of money on it. Exactly. But again, accepting that mindset, hey, I'm in this for the long haul. I'm always going to be improving something. And as 2020 showed us of all years, things can change very quickly and very drastically. So yeah, I mean, again, you could just look at basic retail restaurant models, see how their models got turned upside down in a matter of weeks. Here in Texas, it was literally one week, everything's open normal. The next week, it's shut down. And so yeah, I talk about having to adapt. Every, there's always going to be something changing. I mean, we can talk about the video production side of things changing. I mean, the, the the nature and landscape of that, looking back over the last three, five, and 10 years has shifted dramatically. Look at social media platforms. You've mm -hmm. seen that some rise up, some fall, some get bought out, some get a little tweak here and there. There's always going to be something changing. I think that's a really important mindset to have for small business owners. It's that Kaizen continuous improvement. We're always going to be learning. We're always going to be improving. And no, I don't believe we ever will be 100% because the day we get there, we're probably already bought out before then. You have to that's attack it each and every day with that with that passion, with that goal, because it, it is your baby. Dude, that's so spot on. <laughs> uh, it's, it's crazy because, I mean just like pretty much any business owner who uh, who's in the early stages and really building it out and figuring it all out. It's what you think of when you're waking up. It's what you think of when you're going to sleep. It does not stop. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's really the important thing is to find that, find those moments of rest. Otherwise you will burn out and you will, you'll start to fade away. You have to be able to pace yourself. And again, that goes back to the whole business mindset. Not only does your business have to be sustainable, but you have to be sustainable too because you can't live on two hours of sleep every night. Yes, there will be a season where that's necessary, and that's just the nature of the beast. But if after one, two, three, four, five years, you're still in that zone, something's wrong with the process then. And that's where you, okay, go back to the drawing board. What do we need to rework here because something's wrong because you can't sustain that. Again, back to building a business, not a craft. It's sustainable. It's repeatable. It's predictable. Someone goes through, when a client comes on, they go through the exact same process every single time. They get exactly, if not more than what they expect. It's about creating that sustainable system. Exactly. 
And you know, that's uh, that's something that we are still tweaking, and that's something that we are. Uh, it's, it's probably something that we'll be fine tuning for a little while as we bring on new clients and and figuring out what what works best. And really, I mean, for sure, that and could- really, that's it's it can be a case by case basis with every client because every business is so different. We work in so many different industries where the needs are so different. And and so that's kind of like the, the general approach. You have the general template, you have the general, hey, this is what we're doing for you. But then you have those custom points where it's, all right, we're going to customize this for you because you're a little unique here. Um, again, yes, it's like people. Every, every person is different. Every business is different. You can get the majority in a template, but then there are going to be those inevitable points where it's, okay, this doesn't fit with anything we've got. That's going to have to be custom built. It's going to be a little more customized over here. But again, to your point, it's always continuous learning, learning about the process, learning about the industry, and perhaps most importantly, learning about your client, because that is a wealth of information. That's what it's about. It's about serving your clients. Exactly. And that's that's why we go with such a strong relational basis, because if you know, if you know the owner, then you know the heart of the business. And that's a talk about video production. It's all about <laughs> communicating that to that prospect, to that customer saying, hey, guys, we're more than just a just a uh, pizza restaurant. We're more than just um, just a B2B service provider. We're more than just an HVAC company. This is our why. This is who we are. And that's something that people want to work with. And they get to know that and they align with it, with the values, with what they you know kind of put out, so to speak. That's what you look for. Absolutely. So question for you we like to call the podcast real small business because we like to get like to keep it real as a small business owner what are some of the highs and lows that you've seen oh okay uh so let's start with the lows because i think that's something that uh the the lack of transparency is a big issue because there's so much glamorization of owning a business right there, there's so there've been so many times where, uh, where you just feel like, man, what am I doing? And you know, there've been there've been a couple of cases where uh, we had an agreement in place for a couple of really large contracts uh, that would have given us plenty of work. We had a handshake agreement, and I send the contract over, and they're like, actually, I think we're going to go a different direction. Uh, and those are just some big punches in the gut. Um, but you know, I mean, the, there are times where, um, especially whenever you are starting a business and if you're, if you're married, uh, sometimes all you talk about is the business and you end up neglecting your spouse. Uh, that's something that I've been guilty of. And, uh, we've had to have some growing pains with that. Uh, but in making that priority of spending quality time with your spouse and Mm -hmm. uh, turning off the business for several hours. That way you can focus on their needs uh, rather than just being selfish and focusing on yourself and what's been going on uh, with, uh, with the business. Those have been, those have honestly, for me, that's been some of the hardest moments because those have been the biggest slaps in the face to myself. Be like, Oh my gosh, what a, what have I been doing? Uh, I, I think too that you're not alone there. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we we love asking that question because there are, I cannot tell you the number of people I've talked to where it's like, man, I just feel like this. I, I feel like I'm the only one. It's like, no, every small business owner goes through that. There's this stage. I find for the people that I talk to, months six to twelve are some of the hardest because you're like, I should have seen more by now. What am I doing wrong? Then you start questioning yourself, and it's like. No, no, this is this is normal. It's just part of the growth of it. But yeah, I mean, the, the lows can be really difficult to bear. They can be very, they're called lows for a reason. I mean, we've talked Absolutely. to people who have like really opened up about the struggles they've had. And it's like, holy cow. But then there's also the opposite end of that spectrum where it's like life could not be any better. Yeah. Um, I'll say this. COVID has been great for digital marketing. Uh, the cu- first couple of months of the shutdown was really difficult. We all but one of our clients were put on pause. Um, and then we were able to bring back all of our clients uh, once things started to kind of reopen and get a better hold of what was going on with the with the scope of society. And uh, all of our clients actually came back with wanting additional services. 
So that was, that was a great initial win. And, you know, from the finances aside, that was, that was really encouraging. And the, the joy that we see on our clients' faces whenever uh, what we've been doing was a huge success. I, the, the biggest win for me this last year was back in December. Uh, we have a manufacturing client where we run ads for, and he's like, dude, I don't know what you did differently, but we got, uh, last week we got a purchase order, uh, that for $80,000, which was our second largest purchase order in our 30 year history. <laughs> oh, wow. And that was to me that, that beats anything like seeing our clients succeed gives me the greatest joy. And that's like something you can't trade for. It's like, you can, that's exactly why I'm in this. It's like one of those moments where you're like, you know, totally fulfilled. Your personal life is good. The professional life is awesome. Your personal relationships are doing awesome. It's like life couldn't be any better than this right now. And that's the type of high that you do get to, that you get to enjoy as a small business owner. Absolutely. It's, it's just a, it's just a tough balancing act because it's like one day you're down in the gutter you're like questioning everything about the concept yourself and the next day you're riding a complete high you couldn't do any better it's like yep. those memes you see on the internet floating around it's like you know the the the, the line to success is the smooth trail and they're like laughing like no it's more like you know a crazy roller coaster left right you know all over the oh place. my gosh yes and that's it, that's all normal small business it's a lot of up and down it's a lot of being all over the place that's what it takes to get going unless you've already got like a perfect model where all you have to do is do the work and you're there you're gonna have to figure it out and that's yeah. that's normal and it takes time but there are things you can do in that process to make it as smooth as possible tracking your data recording what worked what didn't work that way you're not going back and trying the same thing two or three times when you already know the outcome and again always asking Asking questions. I mean, that's the old saying. It's true. There's no such thing as a stupid question. You don't know what you don't know. That's okay. But once you have a hint or an idea that you're missing something, you as the business owner then have an obligation to go fill that gap because ignorance is not bliss as a business owner. It catches up to you and it catches up to you hard. Oh, yeah. No, it, that's so true. I, I want to share one one other high because uh, this one's this is more of a personal joy, uh, but uh, my wife works from home two days a week and on the days that she's home and we either sent, uh, we get a verbal agreement to send a contract out, which we is a pretty much a guaranteed signing. Or if the contract is signed, uh, my wife ends up doing like some sort of a happy dance and it's always just the most adorable thing. And I, it, it just gives me the biggest smile because like she is so bought in uh, into the business and there, I know of several business owners whose spouse does not want them to be starting a business or yep. want or want to take on that kind of a risk. And having that is a huge blessing that uh, that I just can't take for granted. And I think you really bring up a good point there because when you get into a, when you start your own small business you are bringing your family into it in some shape or form because again, it's 24 seven. Even if they're not going to the office with you, you're bringing it home. The phone doesn't stop pinging and the emails don't stop coming. That's just the way it is. But again, it's the highs like that when it's like, you've got the family support, you got your spouse's support. You just, you just really helped your client out. You made their day a hundred times better. That's the high that you live for. It's like, this is why we do what we do. This is why we're in business. Exactly. And that part's, I, we have the same thing. I mean, it's like when you're in the moment and you get to help someone out, you can see it in their eyes. They're like, you really made my life better. Thank you. And then, you know, the family's 100% supportive of it. They're your, you know, your biggest cheerleader. It's like, it's hard to believe I get paid for this. And that's exactly. the position you want to be in. When you can say that you're, okay, you're in the right place. If you're dreading going to work as a business owner, you might have to ask the gut check, gut check question. Do you really want to be a business owner? And there's nothing wrong if you say no. But you have to know that about yourself. Exactly. It's about having that self-awareness. It's it's not for the faint of heart. I'll tell you that. Growing no. up in a small business environment, it, it's a lot. It's a big blessing. Uh, but man, it's uh, saying it's a nine to five job is a massive understatement. You're living with a whole lot of stress and anxiety for sure. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. So now we go to my, my favorite part of the section, about 10, 15 minutes or so. Being a small business owner, 
based upon your life experiences, what are your tips for small business owners? What would you say to them? Hey, do this if you're not already doing it. Okay, so we've touched on it a little bit already, and this is going to this is going against a lot of what you see online. I have huge respect for Gary Vaynerchuk. I think he's done some amazing stuff in the marketing and advertising space, but he is really big into hustling, working 16, 18 hour days every day and don't don't stop until you've made millions of dollars and uh, work yourself until you're dead, basically. Some He's obviously wired like that and that's, that's worked great for him. He's built a hundreds of millions of dollars a year empire. That's great. That's not the case for everybody. Sleep. You need sleep. And it's okay to sleep and take those times off. Well, I think that goes back to your point too. Know what you're shooting for. Because if you're shooting for, you know, that hundreds of millions of dollars new net worth might be a different ball game. But if you're a small business owner trying to create a good system, a good process, you need to be able to take time to rest. And I think that also goes into the whole inv investment banker you know, analogy. Yeah, they make a lot of money right out of school. Over half of them are dead by the time they're 28, figuratively. I mean, they're they're burnt out. They're not enjoying life. They're doing the big gut check question. No, I think that's a really good one, sleep. Take time to rejuvenate because, again, you got to be able to sustain it. Exactly. And that's that's the big thing that uh, that I tell my team is that like it's it's okay to take the time off. And actually, once uh, once my guys are able to go full time, uh, our goal is to have a four day work week. Work Monday through Thursday. Work your tail off. If you get your stuff done, then like I'm not you're not I'm not expecting you to do busy work. It's all output based. It's like, hey, here's what we need to get done. Whenever you get it done, you're done. If it takes you, you know, four days, golden. If it takes you five, you're going to be here five days. Exactly. So our 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 long term goal is to have four day work weeks every week. Work your butt off so that, so we can have that work hard, play hard, really. And mm -hmm. because so many people like Saturday and Sunday is not enough time because on Saturdays and Sundays you're taking care of all of your other stuff, all of taking care of the household running errands, doing like fixing up stuff. Yep. You need to have that. You need to have that dedicated time to relax. And it's important. Having a strong work-life balance, I think is so important. And as a business owner, if you can find some sort of a semblance of a work-life balance that works for you, then take advantage of that. 100% agree. That's a good one. What's tip number two? Uh, tip number two, I would say, is to uh, trust your team. Oh, that's a good trust, one. Trust your team. That is, uh, that's one that can be very difficult. Like we've, like we've discussed, like whenever you create a business, that's your baby. You, and as you grow and as you scale and as you bring on people to help you out, trust them that they can do the job well. And I think a lot of that comes down to the, the whole, you know, as a small business owner, you have to be a leader, getting the right people in your organization so you can trust. Because my personal philosophy is, no, you don't automatically trust everyone. They have to earn your trust. But at the same time, when they do earn it, give it to them. Absolutely. And that's actually one that, uh, that I am, that I'm, I'm, I'm working on practicing what I preach. And actually I'm about to be, uh, I'm meeting with my team tomorrow and I'm about to be delegating a whole lot of what I do out that way. Uh, I think John, I think we talked about this before this week. I've, I've pulled a 16 hour day and a 14 hour day, and I'm probably going to be doing another 12 hour day tonight. Right. So, uh, and then I'm, uh, let's see, Thursday, I'm definitely working a 12 hour day. And then Friday I'm shooting a wedding until midnight. What was that about sleep there, Preston? <laughs> I'm okay. kidding. I'm kidding. Because to, your, to your point, though, there's a difference between a life pattern and a season. Exactly. This, this is, is this one's purely a sprint. Yeah, this is a season in your business right now. Maybe it's this week. Maybe it's this month. Maybe it's this year. One year can be a season. There are going to be weeks like this. Yeah, you're going to be putting in 80 hours a week. 
But if you're still putting in 80 hours a week because you have to, not because you want to, at the end of year two or three, you really have to ask yourself, okay, do I have the right process here? Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's important whenever you are putting in those 60, 80 hours a week, building out your team ahead of time and identifying where you need to, uh, where you need to delegate out oh my your, what you need to do, uh, your tasks, then if you identify those, that will make your job so much easier once you're in that spot to delegate out, uh, which that's one thing that I'm working on. We Right now, we're in a season where we're scaling pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And currently, I'm the only one that's full-time. My business partner is part-time and uh, my graphic designer is still part-time. Uh, and my wife, uh, our, my wife, our CEO, COO, is still part-time. So... Right now, we're in a spot where in eight to 14 months, one, if not all of them, will be going full time. And I want a really quick point. What a brilliant way to do that for everyone listening. Look at how you're staging this up. You're giving them little bits, almost like a test sample saying, hey, do this. Great job. Let's work on this next time. Maybe they hit it 100% right off the bat. Awesome. Typically, that's not the way it goes. So you get to empower them, you get to coach them, get to train them to do it even hopefully even better than you can because then you're really in the great position. Your biggest skill, yeah, I developed my team. You talk about a scalable model. Now you're now you've got that that sucker spinning. That's exactly what you want. Exactly, exactly. And uh, being able to give them tasks and being able to delegate that out now on a smaller scale, whenever they whenever they are full time. Uh, then they'll be able. Then there won't be so much of a sink or swim kind of mentality. They'll be trained. They know exactly what they need to be doing. And as yep. we grow and build more staff, they are able to train those people in what they were doing. So that way, they can handle the more higher level uh, vision casting uh, exactly. aspects of the business. In a sense, again, it's less and less dependent upon you as one individual. And that's when you know you have a system. You have a business. Exactly. Dang, that's a good one. Do you have a tip number three? I'm sure I do. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let, me, let me think about it. <laughs> now, I think you really hit two really good ones, though. I mean, taking time to rest and rejuvenate and then you know trusting your team. That's always a really difficult one for passionate small business owners. It's, hey, this is my baby. This, I mean, all the things you just said, this is my thing here. I don't want to let this go. If you want to take it to its true max potential, you're going to have to. That's just the way it is because you can only do so much as one individual. You might be the best at it. In fact, you probably are. But if you're not willing to delegate, if you can't trust your team, you will never grow beyond what one person can do. And that's, again, that's that's an operation. That's a craft. It's a gig. But if you want that true business where it will keep on humming like a well-oiled machine when you're not doing it, you have to trust your team. And then also from a talent retention perspective, if you've got a really talented person working on your team and you never trust them, what are the odds that they want to stay with you? They want to go somewhere where they can grow, where they're trusted with to make those decisions. Again, that's where you're at a crossroads. Do you want to build the team or do you want to own a gig? Exactly. No, you're absolutely spot on with that. And uh, I'll add on a tip number three as well, and that's establish relationships. Oh, that's a good one. One on a personal level, making sure that you have your own personal community uh so that way not everything is just business uh because that's something that i think people can fail on that's something that i've personally failed on is that in my own personal relationships the first thing that i've gone to is just talking about work and being able to talk about stuff outside of work uh is very important uh and being going back to kind of like that free time and yeah. taking advantage of that free time but also on the on the your business relationships network take especially when you're first starting out as a business you need to be in front of as many people as possible uh and begin establishing those relationships because people want to work with people that they know it's so true and i think also from you know the you you've got to have a life outside your business you have to have something else no i'm not saying your business can't be your passion but if you're truly 24/7 business also understand where that puts you as a person because most people have something that they again you this is you know talk business networking or even you know building personal relationships 
it's very, very beneficial for you as a person to have that hobby, to have that other thing that you like doing. Maybe it's watching football. Maybe it's working out at the gym. Maybe it's going for a walk or golf or shooting guns, whatever it might be. You need to be able to have a life without without outside of the business because you don't want the business to become your identity. Yes, it's important. It's always going to be a part of you. But the moment it becomes who you are, you got to bring that back full circle because that's a dangerous position to be in. You're exactly right with that. And I mean, for me, my outlet is soccer. And I, whenever I can, I go to this pub in Addison, in Addison, Texas, and I watch Liverpool Football Club. We've been in a very rough part these last couple of months, but we're, we've had a lot of injuries and we're rebounding. So it's, it's becoming a good time again to, to enjoy soccer, but. Uh, Sounds eerily similar to the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, we Liverpool won their first title in 30 years. So yes, uh, <laughs> yes, this last season we got it. So yes, very similar to the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> that's awesome. But I think that's a really good point. Establish relationships, have a life outside of work. I know only a handful of people who literally live and breathe their work and they love it. Their family loves it. That's not the usual model. Um, so again, if that's the way you're wired and it works well for you, I won't tell you no. I mean, there are people that can sleep, live on four hours of sleep. I'm not there yet. Maybe one day, <laughs> but but don't let the business become your identity. Have those relationships, build it up. Because again, even if it's not direct business return right now, or even direct personal return right now, it comes back at some point in the future, one shape, way, or form. It's that it's the whole Zig Ziglar philosophy. It always comes back to you. Exactly. No, you're I, you're absolutely spot on with that. And, you know, as a business owner right now, you, uh, if you, if you are starting out, like I said, you need to be in front of as many people as possible and establishing those relationships because, uh, if people don't know you, why would they work with you? Exactly. Exactly. Preston, I want to be conscious of your time, but Hey, thank you so much for spending uh, right about an hour with us for sharing some of the uh, life stories of business, what you do, why you do it, why are you so passionate about it? Um, the highs, the lows, and of course, those three tips for business owners are all applicable and it's all, you know, that personal development type stuff. But if you want to be a successful business owner, it helps to implement them. So thank you very much. Thank you, John. I really uh, enjoyed this time. Same. The, the honor is mine. You stay safe, stay blessed, and look forward to connecting again soon. Yes, for sure. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.